0: Log Talk Radio
1: Hello, there, everybody. Doctor Ross Green here. Proof that there is life after Thanksgiving. Coming to you live from the offices of Live in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. We do this every Monday morning, September through May, for 45 minutes at a pop. And um, this is your opportunity to get questions answered. Call in. Send us an email. The call-in number is 347-994-2981. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Susie. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. And you? I am well. It sounds like we both survived the American Thanksgiving. Um yes. and there's something to be thankful for all by itself. <laughs> Always. Always. And of course, um Well, I can tell you something I'm thankful for. I don't usually get sappy like this and talk about what I'm thankful for, but I'm thankful that people are still finding the model, still um, thinking that the model is useful to them, and as we already have one caller still calling into the program to see if we might be able to help them out, shall we? And since we always prioritize callers on this program, we've got a bunch of emails that we've been uh, trying to get to for quite a while now, but that's okay. Callers take priority. Shall we take our first call of the day? Let's. Here we go. Uh, area code 317, you are on the air. How are you doing today?
2: Hi, Dr. Green. I'm doing
1: fine today. Tell us what's on your mind.
2: Uh, yeah, um, I'm calling about my, um, my son. Um, he's 11 and in the sixth grade, and um, He's, um, you know, kind of a classic behaviorally challenging kid, Um, very, very intelligent and, um, you know, um, can can be, you know, sweet and loving and very creative and things. But um, we're, you know, just kind of getting started on, um, um, you know, I found, you know, your approach after many things haven't worked in the past um, with him and just trying to get started, getting the ball rolling with the collaborative problem-solving approach. Uh, can you hear me okay?
1: I'm hearing you just fine.
2: Okay, sorry, um, and and um, you know, uh, definitely the. You know, I've read your book, The Explosive Child, and um, have been listening to very many radio programs. It's kind of, you know, the thing I do before I go to bed every night now, just to keep this on my mind because I, I, I definitely recognize a lot of the characteristics. Um, and my son um from some of the you know scenarios in your book and on the radio program and um we have had some we're, we're starting to try to use plan B um as best as we can and definitely I know that we have you know it is difficult <laughs> um it seems simple but it it's hard and we've had some small successes but we we are off to a rough start um because it seems like right now Um, we're having trouble really getting him to talk um, in the empathy step. Um, He'll say some things that I think we feel, you know, we think that, you know, are sort of comfortable for him to say, but we're having some things, you know, some areas where he just doesn't seem to be able to tell us what, you know, what really is going on. Um, Some of the things he says are... um, It just doesn't seem like enough. Um, And our biggest, and this is one, I I did the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, and I have a list of lots of unsolved problems. Um, We're still in the process of really trying to prioritize those. But right now what we're having, he's having difficulty with, and it's very difficult for us as well, is he's having difficulty going to school. Um, He... Has done um, a few, and I, you know, I know this is a behavior, but he's done quite a few school refusals um, in this this year. He had done them in the past in fourth grade, but they were not as severe. We were usually able to get him past that, and he would go to school and generally be okay. Um, but in all of last year he seemed to be fine, but this year it's it's um, been much more difficult. So I'm just looking for some advice on on what we can do. Um he didn't go to school last Monday and Tuesday. We we really don't think it's a good idea to force him as a matter of fact. We made we made a couple of mistakes in that where we did ask for help from the counselors and they brought him into school and and it just wasn't it it wasn't a positive experience at all. They basically um, put him in a room and asked him, um, you know, if he wanted to go to class. He said no, and then they took all of his things away and assumed that he would get bored and, and go to class eventually. And um, they, you know, obviously don't have the background to know that that wasn't going to be effective. Um, but uh, since then, you know, we, we know that we should not be, that forcing him to go to school is only making it worse. On the other hand, he needs to go to school.
1: So, um. Well, um, not knowing him and mm-hmm. not knowing the history of him in school, um, the best Susie and I can probably do is give you some guidance on one of the things that you mentioned, and that is that you're having difficulty getting him to talk about that. But mm-hmm. let me rewind the tape just a little bit. It does sound like you've got a good unsolved problem there. So, one of the first places we start, one of the first things we start thinking about when a kid isn't talking is that the unsolved problem wasn't worded especially well. It might have included a behavior, but it didn't. It might have included a theory, but it didn't it might not mm-hmm. have it might have been clumped and not split but it wasn't and it might not have been specific enough but it was difficulty going to school is a pretty good unsolved problem so i think you're okay there the okay. next place we look in a kid who's not talking is at timing mm-hmm. um if you're trying to do this in the heat of the moment rather than proactively you are making it much more difficult for a kid to talk if you did this yeah. proactively, then you are in good shape there. So now having, and it doesn't sound like you did plan A on it. You didn't say we've decided that since you're not going to school, um, we are taking away all your privileges and you will not be leaving your room. What's up? You didn't do that. So no. sounds like you didn't do plan A. I'm hoping you did it proactively. It sounds like you do have a good unsolved problem there. Um Tell me when you do ask that, I've noticed that you're having difficulty going to school, what's up? Has he said anything?
2: Yes, he has said something and and we have been trying to do it proactively and even um kind of giving him the heads up that we want to kind of make an appointment, although that's something for him that's not you know he 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 will he he's he's pretty i mean again he's 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 very intelligent but he um you know he'll kind of say things like, "Well, I don't, I don't do that. I don't make plans." But um, in any case, we do try to catch him at least when he's looking calm and in a good mood, and not doing something like playing his video games, which he loves to do, um, and and things like that. But um, he will, he has told us some things. Um, I've tried to go through. I mean, I've listened to some of your programs where there were some suggestions about, you know, different ways that he could tell us the answers, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, that kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. that can work. But he did told us that um he's having difficulty handling um band class, which he says breaks his ears, which I I believe. Um uh, um he does have some sensory things that um with his with his hearing especially. Um he told us that, you know, um He doesn't like lunchtime because there is a person who um, screams, he used those terms, screams into the microphone, and he has to sit there and watch to make sure that she doesn't, you know, she's not about to do that and make sure he plugs his ears in time. Um, He told us that he, um, we had one thing where actually I was having to do emergency plan B with him, and and it turned out to be successful. Um. Where we were in the car 'cause i i I drive him to school um and uh he didn't want to go in and i um he told me at one point that he didn't want to go in because he didn't like the book he was reading in his um in his english class, and um it was difficult and he hadn't been reading it um and I empathized with that and you know um and and at some point he he just was willing to go in um or he could go in and he did but then after that he uh seemed to have you know then then he seemed to kind of revert back um he's told us that he doesn't like this class called research and keyboarding where um he has to do things according to the um I don't know according to the process which is um the first step are to create some specific note cards um that um, you know, help to gather some information, make the citations, et cetera. He doesn't like doing that. He doesn't think it's necessary to do that. Um, he just wants to write it, but um, so he doesn't like this class. Um, and I haven't been really trying not to be dismissive or judgmental. I honestly want him, I would rather have him go to school at, at all than. I'm not concerned about his grades, I'll I'll put it that way, although his grades so far are are really not a problem. Um, He does seem to still do fine on testing and things like that. Um, He has told us that he gets distracted in social studies because um, other kids talk a lot and those conversations are much more interesting to him than the social studies content because I did ask him why that isn't a problem in science and he says, all well, science is more interesting than social science. So we have those kinds of information, and that's a lot of you know, information. Yeah, it's a lot of information, but it, it seems like you know we then we had some solutions at least for the ear thing that he would try. He said to wear earplugs because um, we have some earplugs for him, and um, and he agreed that he would try that. And that, you know we he's actually at the doctor right now with my husband to try to see if there really is any more because he's given us a little bit more about the ear thing, that it may not have been all his life, that it may have started at a certain point, but we need to figure that out. So they're they're looking at that. But um, it's still just, I mean, I guess we're having these sort of, you know, fixes to these small problems, but it, he's still not going to school. Now, we think we have theories, and that's I know that's not what we can have, but we, we think he's having a, a certain amount of anxiety about some of the, and I don't, the inability to kind of get started on some things. He has a lot of trouble getting started on writing, especially certain kinds of writing. Um, and we
1: observe so we that. Let me, we, let me just make a okay. few points before you keep, before you keep going, let me make a few points.
2: It, no, that's fine. That's great.
1: <laughs> here's, Point number one is, while you started Plan B with one unsolved problem, difficulty going to school, as frequently happens when you start Plan B with one unsolved problem, the unsolved problem morphed on you, as I called it, and it became multiple unsolved problems. So you've got the noise issue, you've got the um, people, the work not being completed issue, Um, You've got different unsolved problems. Even though you started with one, you ended up with three or four. Right. Um, That's point number one. And so that means that, and it sounds like you did this a little bit, you're going to need a different solution for each of those because the solution for it being too noisy in the lunchroom might be different, is likely to be different than the solution for he hadn't completed the reading or he hadn't completed a particular assignment, those are going to be two completely different solutions. So the good news is you did hear a fair amount about the different things that are getting in the way of him going to school. That's good. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to treat them as separate unsolved problems. That's point number one. And you're going to need a different okay. solution for each of them. Here's point number two. Um it's not that your theories are like out of the mix completely. It's that you don't want to lead the witness with your theories. You'd rather hear things from the horse's mouth at first. Sure. But then mm-hmm. after the horse, your son, no offense intended. I'm just playing <laughs> off of the horse's mouth analogy. Um After he's through telling you all of the reasons he's having difficulty going to school, and once again, there are multiple unsolved problems, just in the little bit that you've told us about what he talked about, it's not that he's not talking. It's that he's still not going to school is what I'm hearing. Okay. But let's say you're feeling after you've heard everything he has to say and you've done a nice job of drilling for information and you've summarized everything you've heard and asked him for more, after all that, If you're still feeling like there's more to it than what you've heard, at that point, before you leave the empathy step, you should feel free to weigh in with your hunches. Okay. So it's not that you need to hear everything from him. It's that you want to hear it from the horse's mouth first, and you want to make sure that he's told you everything that he can think of that would be getting in the way of him going to school Then it's okay for you to say, all right, so this has been very helpful. I'm very glad that you've told us all of this. Um, There's a few other things I wanted to check in with you about because um, I've got some thoughts of my own about other things that could be making it hard for you to get to school. I could be completely wrong about this, but let me throw a few past you. And then it's fine for you to theorize, right? Um, He'll either confirm them or he will disconfirm them. But it's not a tragedy once that he, it's not even a bad thing, once he's done telling you everything that he can think of that's keeping him from going to school, for you to kick in with some of the things that you think could be keeping him from going to school, I guess the main point is, and I want to give Susie a chance to weigh in here as well, the main point is, um, first of all, you want to hear from him first, and you want to hear from him exhaustively first. Then it's fine for you to kick in, but you're going to have to, Come up with different solutions to the different problems there's not going to be one universal sweeping solution to difficulty going to school given what you're describing it's not just one thing that's making it difficult for him to go to school so it's likely that there's going to be multiple solutions to that global issue each of those solutions will be attached to some of the micro unsolved problems that are related to the macro problem of difficulty going to school Does that make sense okay
2: Yes, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I mean, one thing that
2: we have had happen, where I have asked him, you know, is there anything else? And I and I I admit I haven't. I've tried to not put some of my theories because I'm afraid, I guess, that he might get a little defensive, especially about. We know that he has this persuasive essay that he was supposed to do. last week. And we know he hasn't done it. He he has told us he hasn't done it, although there was a couple of times where he sort of said, well, no, it's going to be fine. I'm working on it. I, I'll get it done. Um, but I, I, I've i been reluctant to say, you know, that I, th- I think that has something to do with it, too, because I'm afraid he might shut down at that point. But um, it, it depends. It depends a little bit on his mood, which I can gauge. Um, he, but, um, you know, we have, I have asked him, you know, is there, anything else and he has kind of indicated that there is something that he doesn't want to talk about um i don't you know we have asked him straight out if anybody is you know any specific person is doing anything bothering him bullying him i know we haven't used the word bullying him but um and, and he said no but of course i think that's a hard thing if it is happening that's a hard thing to share um but um yeah, there seems to be like there, there does seem to be to, to me to be more to the story. Although I, I can see that even just trying to work on these solutions um, with him on the multiple unsolved problems, which I have tried to write down, um, that um, that have been you know that came out of those conversations can be very helpful. I guess the thing is that we're we're feeling kind of lost because. You know, because he isn't going to school right now, and <laughs> um, he's only in sixth grade. You know, it's not the end of the world. I know that, but I do tend to have. It's it's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with when when you know you, you just want him to get over that hump and just go <laughs> you know, go go to school um, and and be able to do it. So and I guess I just you know if there's any maybe reassurance or um, any other advice you can offer um you know, maybe how not to worry about that. It's, you know, it seems bigger than, oh, I, I'm not doing this assignment. I mean, I'm totally willing to let him not do the persuasive essay at all. I, but it seems like it doesn't work for him, you know. Um, but he also seems to not be able to to do it. <laughs> and, um, well, and yeah, I can't, and, we, I, can't
1: I we can't reassure you that it's okay for him not to go to school. Right.
2: Um, well,
1: sure. What I can assure you is that, um, a parent, number one, I'm glad that he's talking to you. And he is talking to you. It's just that your yeah. feeling is that maybe you haven't heard everything there is to hear.
2: Okay.
1: Um, until, I, I don't know if he's going to school until the problems that are keeping him from going to school get solved. Uh, Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but it sounds like your hunch is that there's more to it than what you've heard so far. So Mm -hmm. the thing that I'm glad about is that you've gotten him talking. Your next hurdle, and I think he will, as I've seen in most kids, and I don't know him so I can't say what I think will happen with him, but what I've seen in most kids is that as you start as you are doing the problem solving process they are feeling heard they're feeling understood and if there is something more to it they will feel increasingly comfortable in telling you what it is and all that okay. is very good um since i don't know him though and since i don't know you or your situation well at all hard for me to be falsely reassuring mm-hmm. from a from a distance all I can tell you right. is what I've seen the process accomplish. Let me see if okay. Susie wants to weigh in a little bit here, sure. too, because I know that school refusal is something that she has a little firsthand knowledge about. Susie?
0: Okay. Yes, hello. Um, hi. Hi. I just wanted to compliment you. I know what you're doing is extremely difficult um, and I mean this with all my heart. Good for you for trying a different approach with your child. Um, And one of the wonderful things about this approach, about this model of care, is that there's always hope that by doing Plan B, you are repairing your relationship with your child and your problem solving partners, you're something that you're doing together, not mm-hmm. you know at your son um, and and by doing this, this eventually reduces or even eliminates the maladaptive behavior um, mm-hmm. I guess I was also wondering have have you had a chance to um talk with the people at school with his teachers or with his guidance counselor um what's going on at school and and have what are they saying
2: yeah and and there's been a little bit um the the thing with the counselors unfortunately and this was something that really i think made us um Probably took some steps back that we um you know we we weren't actually doing um consciously doing plan B, I would say that we've always been pretty democratic parents, but you know there's there was some plan a sure that we were doing um you know since he was a kid and he he does have a sister who is not she's she doesn't have any of these same challenges but um he, We're off to a rocky start with the counselors because we had asked for their help. Um, We had let them know that he was having some issues with that. Their suggestion was that they would work with him in a certain class that they have, a 15-minute class they have at the end of the day, um, to, you know, try to help him. He has some trouble with organization, planning, um, Mm planning and those kinds of things. So they, you know, they wanted to try to do that. Um, he was pretty resistant. Um, they also suggested to us that if he was having refusal problems, they could come out, help him in. They could give him the option to stay and do some work. Um, but that just, he, we did that two times. And it was really, you know, and I don't mean to sound dramatic, but it was a disaster. It, It really made him not trust them. Um, he even told us, you know, they they're, they lied to me. They, you know, they they um, so and you know so that <laughs> that can be difficult. He's a very black and white thinker. Um, he's somewhat perfectionistic, or maybe I should even say very in the way that makes him. I think, and this is a theory I know, but um, when things are really getting tough, instead of trying to do it and then maybe not doing as well as he wanted to do, he will avoid doing it. Um, we've seen him quit a couple of activities. Just recently he quit something else. Um, but in any case, I have been in touch with his with his humanities teacher, his English teacher, um, and she's very willing to work with us when I tell her, you know, because he was having trouble turning things in in the beginning of the year, and she had contacted me the day, you know, asked, kind of, you know, what was going on and and how could she help. Um, And I know she does does talk to him and and she's noticed some really positive things coming out from him this year, but then, you know, um, you know, she she says, she notices sometimes he looks distracted and she will ask him if he wants to sort of switch his environment, like, you know, go to a quieter group of people and he'll just say, well, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, you know, he, he's probably not fine, but it's maybe also hard to be sort of singled out. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, but again, <laughs> some of these are theories. Um, but And we are we are in the process now of trying to get some more help from, you know, some mental health professionals, um, and it, it, I don't know, I, I looked on the website and wasn't sure if I found any certified um, CPS provider on the website in my area, but if if that is a possibility that would be great um we're only getting started on that um and unfortunately um and I'm on the same page as Dr. Green is when it comes to diagnoses, although um if we want services we we would need to have a diagnosis of some sort
0: understood
2: um, um so yeah I, I, there have been there, I, I think he he does like his teacher his English teacher even though he doesn't like the topic of that well um he does he loves his science teacher um in and, and things like that so there there are some teachers that he trusts, but unfortunately with the counselors right now we're off to a pretty rough start um not saying that that couldn't be repaired but um he 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 does he he has rejected them as being not helpful right now
0: so. that's that in and of itself is a difficult situation but what, what i found you know when the counselor when the child feels that the counselor is not being helpful but what i did find helpful was to um try to meet proactively with the guidance counselor um with a blank copy of the alcep mm-hmm. and even okay. if you could um dr green's written a wonderful book about school lost at school that um might be beneficial for them to have a copy of and try to read um, but then again i um I understand it's it's a tough time mm-hmm. um, and and one thing also uh not to single out your son, but one thing that my kids always found helpful to do, they um, both had um, difficulties, was to sit in the front of the classroom, and it's um, less distracting.
1: We appreciate your calling in. We hope this is helpful, and of course you are always welcome to call in again and give us an update.
2: Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was very helpful. Okay. Take care. Good. Hope so. Right.
1: Take care. Bye. Um. That's a tough one.
0: Yes, it is.
1: We do not have other callers at the moment. I want to remind people of the call in number, just in case they want to sneak in here near the end of the program. Three four seven nine nine four two nine eight one. But it looks like we have some time to answer some email. Great. Shall we do that? Yep. Dr. Green, thank you for your work. Your approach is the only thing that has helped us with our son, who may suffer from anxiety and lacks many skills, but at the same time is highly intelligent, so called gifted, which in my view makes many things even more difficult. We had read The Explosive Child a few years ago, but there were so many improvements that I must admit we slipped back into old bad habits. Many of these old bad habits, too, seem to be encouraged by the school. So here's point number one. I'm deviating from the email here briefly. Go back. Go back. If you've left the CPS territories and things are getting worse, go back. Here's the rest of the email. We are going to be going through some extensive psychological testing, but I want to take your approach work uh, your slash work into all of that initially. Do you have suggestions for the best way to do that? and I'm not positive that I understand the question completely, but if you're asking, is there a way to ask the person who's doing the evaluation to make sure that they cover lagging skills and unsolved problems? um, The answer is, um, yeah, I would do that, and I'd give them a copy of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. The big question is, will they be receptive to it, or will they look at you like you're um, from a different planet? (laughs) Many times people who are doing CPS feel like people are looking at them like they're from a different planet, but um, most times when you're dealing with people who do psychological evaluations, you do have somebody there who who is um, quite um, well-versed in lagging skills, The unsolved problems concept could be foreign to them, but anybody who's doing a uh, good psychological evaluation should um, know about lagging skills already. So I don't think you're going to have too many worries there. Unsolved problems basically means, um, well, doing what we have people do when they're using the ALSIP, which is to um, try to identify these specific expectations the kid is having difficulty meeting. Um, that's often documented in a report, not always, but often. And so you may be okay there as well, but um, what I would probably do, unless we're too late here, because that email is from about two weeks ago, um, is um, let them see the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, and I think it's fine for you as the consumer to tell them what information you are interested in getting out of this report. The only thing I would say is there are some um, assessors and evaluators who um, are probably going to be more receptive to your input on the information you'd like to have included in the report than some others. I hope you got a receptive one. Susie, anything to add to that?
0: Just that. If the adult perseveres and has patience and resists the temptation to lapse into plan A or plan C, plan B approach can work wonders.
1: Let's move on to another one. Uh, My son, who does not have a disability, is in high school. He skips classes frequently. His grades are bad, not due to lack of ability, but due to lack of desire to complete work. He is so far in a hole that he doesn't see a way out. He most likely will not pass his junior year of high school. I am a special education teacher and am at a loss for what to do. He no longer has a car to drive, and I have taken away video games, too. I paid for tutoring his idea that he says he will go to and wants but then doesn't show up. Any ideas or suggestions would be great. Well... You know, you ask somebody a question on this program, you're going to get ideas and suggestions. Um, Shall I take the first crack at that one, Susie? Sure. Um, I don't know how we are so sure that he doesn't have a disability. I am not sure I understand how we came to the conclusion that his grades are bad, but not due to lack of ability, but rather due to desire to complete work. Um, I would be of the belief that if he could complete work, he would complete work. And that takes us back to the whole kids do all if they can mentality. And the um, companion to that, which is doing well is preferable. Lack of desire comes from the mentality that um, your son is perfectly capable of doing well in school, but lacks the desire to. And kids to whom that mentality is applied also often have applied to them motivational strategies. And we've got a little bit of that in the email as well. The car has been taken away, video games have been taken away. I guess my first pass at this let's say that, and of course, this is a brief email and we're not doing a comprehensive assessment here, but just based on the information that's been provided. I would stop assuming that he doesn't have the desire. I would start looking very carefully at lagging skills and expectations that he's having difficulty meeting, all guided by the kids do well if they can and doing well is preferable mentalities. What this kid seems to be proving to us is that taking away his car isn't, solving the problems that are making it difficult for him to do his work and isn't teaching him any of the skills that are making it hard for him to complete his work and that taking away video games isn't getting the job done either. If this kid landed in my office for the first time, I can tell you the very first thing I would do is try to take a good hard look at the skills he might be lacking and the specific expectations he's having difficulty meeting I'm betting kids do well if they can. Doing well is preferable, are going to come through again. What seems clear is that taking away the car and the video games is not coming through, so no harm done in putting on a new set of lenses. Susie, I'm betting you have something to say about that too.
0: Um, Maybe this would help the mom if she sees this as a developmental delay uh similar to a learning disability that if you um if she thought that her son had a reading disability she wouldn't take away the car or video games she would um figure out the solution with her son and get him the help
1: that he needs shall we tackle another one we have a little time left here and let me just check um, no callers. We're going to get through another email here. This is somebody who's emailing from Asia. We are new um, to working. Isn't that neat? Uh um, yeah. Another thing for us to be thankful for. Very we have people exciting. listening in Asia. She's telling us that she's probably not going to be able to listen to the program live because it happens at midnight here in Asia. We are new to working with the LSIP, the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems. The depth and variety of resources that you share on the website is fantastic. Thank you for making it so readily available to us. Um, Well, let me just editorial comment on that. That's what we do here at Lives in the Balance. My husband and I sat outside one night, each with a hard copy of the LSIP and a glass of wine. Well, that's... first time I've heard of using the LSIP with a glass of wine, but um, if that facilitated identification of lagging skills and unsolved problems, I would not be one to object. I would say that we did pretty well going through it for the first time. We made it through the one page, finding various lagging skills and identifying some of the who, what, when, where specifics for various unsolved problems. We have identified lagging skills in the unsolved problems, and we have a consensus on which one or two unsolved problems to begin with. Sounds like they're doing very well so far, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. As part of my learning process, I am taking my notes and formally writing them up. Going back through the ALSIP, I started wondering and second-guessing myself. Did I understand what was meant by a particular lagging skill, such as difficulty handling transitions, shifting from one mindset or task to another? The most useful tool that I found to help sort out what was really meant by some of those phrases was 10 pages from the chapter, Kids Do Well If They Can, in your Lost at School book. In pages 16 to 25, you took some of the lagging skills and described them in more detail and gave examples of what they might look like and why they were important. With that, I am better able to tease out some of the new ones. Editorial comment, good. <laughs> Is there another resource that further describes what is meant by each lagging skill and possibly giving some examples of what this could look like? My answer to that is that I think you will find that in the Parents and Families section on the Lives in the Balance website in the guided tour. There's a whole section. I'm betting you've seen it already. It sounds like this mom has um, done her research um, in the guided tour, there's a whole section on the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, and I think that in the 45-minute um, audio programming in that the audio program in that section, describing how to use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, you are going to find what you're looking for as another resource. But we also did a few programs earlier in, uh, like in the fall where we were helping a mom who was calling in figure out the lagging skills and unsolved problems of her daughter, as I recall. I think it was her daughter. I'm pretty sure it was her daughter because we called her daughter Deborah or Debbie. So those programs will also help, and those are in the listening library. You'll find it in the recent programs section of the program helping your behavior, your challenging child, which you are listening to right now. All right, so let's finish the email because we're going to run out of time if we don't. We are up and running for now, and isn't that the most important to get started on working on a single problem and engaging with the child and helping him make progress? Gaining confidence and with understanding the lagging skills to support us with future Plan Bs and also identify questions to raise with various professionals. For example... By studying pages 16 to 25, I made a note to myself to inquire specifically about his language processing skills. I don't think that he has an issue in this area, but we just completed an ed or psychological evaluation, so the data exists. I just need to know what is meant by language processing, that it could be relevant, and verify if my assumption of it being a non-issue is correct. I look forward to listening to the replay of your program. Thank you. You are most welcome what is meant by language processing and communication skills in a very um, general way what we're referring to there is um, the child's ability to understand what is being said, the child's ability to formulate a response in language and then use words to verbalize that response. That's what we mean by language processing and communication skills. Now, that's in a very global way what we're referring to. There's a lot of nuance in that realm. And so if you have any doubts about that, um, you know, here's what I've always said. And it sounds like I always say this, especially if people are going to get their child assessed anyways. A neuropsychological evaluation is a wonderful thing for everybody, not just a kid who has behavioral challenges. If you have concerns about your child's language processing and communication skills, there are some excellent assessment tools that either the person who's doing the evaluation can administer or somebody who's a speech and language therapist can administer so that you can find out if there are any major concerns in that way, in that area. What a lot of people who do evaluations do is they do a more global assessment. First, home in on anything that they are concerned about and administer some more specific instruments to see if there's anything going on there. And to clarify it, hopefully your person will do the same thing. Thank you for emailing in. Susie, we've got about a minute left. Anything to add to that?
0: Just um, recognizing that Plan B is hard. But, um, with patience and perseverance um, the the model helps, and that the first plan B might not get the job done, so you go back to the plan B drawing board and try try again. you gotta make sure that you get your both parties' concerns on the table and if you have any doubt, um you know if the odds are about sixty to seventy percent, you might wanna voice those concerns into your conversation with your child.
1: Outstanding. And on that note, we're going to call it a day for parenting your challenging child. Susie, thank you. Thank you. Have a good trip to Austria. Thank you.